Welcome to the Football for Kids podcast with me, Darren Rees. Every week, the Football for Kids podcast is growing bigger and bigger, and more people are listening across the world than ever before, in particular in Australia. I'm receiving messages and emails from listeners in Australia all the time. So thank you to everyone who has taken the time to share the podcast and for those of you who are listening over in Oz. Because of this, I thought we'd better have an episode on Football Down Under. And to all the other places that are listening, don't think you're not noticed. In the not-so-distant future, I'll be doing episodes on football in the United States of America, New Zealand, Ireland, Canada and so many other places. So, when you send your messages and your emails in, please do say where you are listening from. I'm not going to do any shout-outs in this episode because there's a fair few birthdays to mention instead. A massive happy birthday to Ozzy, who will turn six on the 22nd of June. He loves Manchester City and Haaland and even his dad's team, Blackburn Rovers. Well, Ozzy, I suppose somebody's got to support them. Only joking. Happy birthday for the 22nd of June. I hope you have an amazing day and you really, really enjoy yourself. Also, a big shout out to your brother Seb, who I know is a big fan and listener of the podcast. And another birthday shout out for this week goes to James from Bath, whose birthday is on the 21st of June. James plays for SFC Bath and is football bonkers. A very happy birthday to you, James. Thank you very much for being a listener, James, and I hope that you have a really, really fantastic birthday. And the last birthday shout-out on this episode is for Jamie, whose birthday is on the 27th of June. Jamie is from West Cork and enjoys playing with his football team and all of his mates. Jamie will turn eight on the 27th of June, so I hope you have a very happy birthday, Jamie. A massive shout-out to you, all of your teammates at Kilgoban FC, and of course, we can't forget to do a big shout-out to your little brother, Harry, who's aged free and also listens to the podcast. Right, that's all we've got time for in terms of birthday shout-outs on this episode. It's time to get into the subject of football down under. When some people across the world think about football, or soccer, as it's called on many other places on earth, Australia doesn't tend to be the place where you think it's been played for many years and attended to by thousands. However, if someone was to think that, my goodness, would they be wrong? Before we go any further though, when I say football in this episode in particular, I mean English Association football, laws of the game football, football which we're used to seeing the likes of Real Madrid or Manchester City play. I don't want any confusion, because in Australia, there's a different type of football. It's called Aussie Rules Football, a game which can be mistaken for rugby, but it has some big differences. Everything we're going to be speaking about is what the Aussies know as soccer. Right, now that's out of the way, how long has football been played in Australia then? There are reports of football matches being played in Australia all the way back into the late 1800s. In fact, a very specific date of 1875 on the 7th of August, which was 148 years ago. 
a hospital team in Brisbane, played an Aussie rules team from Brisbane, but under the rules of football as we know it today. In fact, there's loads of old reports of football from 140 years ago, or older. Football has been played in Australia for a similar amount of time as it has done in England. The oldest existing club in Australian football is a team called Balgowney Rangers, a team which is still playing football today. Balgowney Rangers were formed 140 years ago in 1883, and the team were made up by British immigrants and mine workers. The team was actually linked to Newcastle United in England. All the way back in 1909, the club wrote a letter to Newcastle United, asking them if they could use their colours, the famous black and white stripes. The letter made its way across the world via boat, which took several weeks. Newcastle United then received the letter, then wrote a letter back, which was sent back across the world, and after about three or four months since the first letter was sent, Balgowney were granted permission to copy Newcastle United's kit. And, get this, they still wear the famous black and white stripes today, 140 years later. So, we've established that Australia has been playing football for a very long time, and we know who the oldest football club in the country is. But, did you know that Australian football was a trendsetter? Well, it was back in around 1911, when footballers started to wear shirt numbers on the back of their football jerseys, and it's thought that a Sydney-based football team was the first to ever do it. And eventually, others started doing it, and eventually, it made its way around the world. So when you see your favourite football players with their numbers on the back of their shirts, it all started over in Australia. A good few years later, in 1922, the first ever Australian national football team was formed, and they were sent on a tour of their neighbouring country, New Zealand. However, they ended up losing two out of the three matches which they played against the New Zealand national football team. The men's national team first qualified for the biggest football competition on earth in 1974, the FIFA World Cup, which was held in Germany. They didn't make it out of the group stage, and they didn't win a game that year in that competition. In fact, they didn't end up scoring a single goal. But the comebacks are always better than the setbacks. You must always remember that. The Australian men's team then didn't qualify for a World Cup tournament for 32 years. Fortunately, they made it to the 2006 World Cup though, which was in the same place as the first World Cup they were in, Germany. They won a game and had a much more successful tournament than they did before. Since the Germany 2006 World Cup, Australia has qualified and played in every single World Cup tournament since. The most successful of Australia's campaigns was at the 2022 Qatar World Cup, when they made it to the knockout stages. They put up an almighty fight, but were knocked out of the competition by the overall winner, Argentina. Did you know that a men's Australian team are called the Socceroos? which I've got to say, is an awesome name for a football team. The Australians have got some really good nicknames for their teams. Their under-20 side are called the Joeys. A Joey is what a baby koala is called. And the women's national side are called the Matildas, after an old song called Waltzing Matilda. Like in the men's side of the game, 
women in Australia have been playing football for over a hundred years. And even all the way back in 1921, there were crowds of over 10,000 spectators. Did you know that the women's team were also called the Socceroos for a long time? That was up until 2008, and then their names changed to the Matildas. The Matildas' first FIFA World Cup was in 1995, where they played free and lost free, exiting the tournament in the group stages. They qualified again in 1999, but still didn't manage to get a win. But most importantly, they didn't quit, they kept coming back and they kept learning. And then they made it to three quarter-finals in a row, clearly showing signs of massive development. This year, in the summer of 2023, Australia, along with New Zealand, will host the 2023 Women's World Cup tournament, and Australia will be gunning for that title. Stepping away from the national side of football in Australia, league football in Australia is a big deal. And the Australian top division in both the men's football and the women's football is called the A-League. Like any other league, there are rivalries in Australian football, like the Melbourne Derby, the Sydney Derby and the Big Blue Derby. We'll have to do some episodes on those in the future. The stadiums in the A-League range from 10,000 all the way up to 52,000. There's a lot of people that go and watch live football in Australia. One of the most successful players in Australian football is Jamie McLaren, a player with Scottish roots who has played in Britain for both Blackburn Rovers and the Scottish team Hibs. Jamie holds the record for the most amount of goals to ever be scored in the A-League. Jamie has scored 143 cracking goals with three different clubs and has cemented his name in the Australian football history books. One of the top women players in Australian football is Claire Palkinhorn, who holds the record for the most appearances for her country, and she's still playing. One of the more globally known players in women's football is the incredible Sam Kerr, who plays league football for Chelsea and has also become an extremely special talent and player in the Matildas. Sam Kerr has been playing for the Australian national side since the under-17s and was pictured on the front cover of the game FIFA. Football in Australia is booming. The Socceroos and the Matildas have had setbacks, but they're making great comebacks. Thousands of fans pack into the stadiums every week and millions watch the game around the world. I hope that you've enjoyed listening and learning about football down under in Australia. So remember, if you know someone who loves football just as much as you do, then please tell them about Football for Kids. And whether you're playing football soon, watching it on the telly or pitch side, I hope that you enjoy the game. See you next time.